Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a whole new episode of Full Seam Ahead. I'm your host, Zoe. Co-host on the other side, Mr. Cantu. What's up? Good. Got those hangover glasses or what? They're not they're not hangover glasses. It's just vibes of the 2019 World Series. I think every Astros fan knows how that went out there. I believe Sarah Langs had even put out a tweet saying the last team to do that was the 2019 Astros, and history repeated itself basically in 2019 with the ALCS. So, I mean, it was – I mean, Siri's talking to me right now. But, I mean, I, I don't know what to say, Angel. Um, Astros had it in the palm of their hand. They, they had it right there in their hand, ready to go, just needed one win to reach their third consecutive World Series – and they couldn't win a game at home with runners in scoring position being a number one factor, offense, inconsistency, the big hits as well. We'll talk about that all right here in a minute. But like I said, episode 140, this is 2019. World Series vibes at home, the title. That's why I'm wearing these sunglasses. So, yeah, I mean, but real quick. Well, we have our objectives. We got the recaps of ALCS games six and seven. Dusty Baker, interesting post game uh, post game conference that he had with the media. So he he had announced about maybe deciding about his retirement, not managing again. So, but there there's been reports. We'll talk about here there that here in a minute. Sorry about that. And then thoughts on the Astros twenty three season overall, free agents as well that the Astros have on the line. And then last but not least. Two early predictions, two way too early predictions into the crystal ball that we have here. But Angel, I mean, talk to me, my man. How do we feel? Describe this series, the last two games of the ALCS, um, you know, playing against the Texas Rangers at home. That's good. I mean, give credit where credit is due. The Rangers came in and started stroking the ball everywhere. Like in all parts of the field, you see Adonis Garcia hit. Those Garcia, the Astros could have hit a home run, and the Crawford boxes hit one oppo. Um, and it's just like the difference between this Astros team and this Rangers team was that the the guys you would least expect to pitch in got it done. Like Luis Tavares, Jonah Heim had a big home run. Also, uh, Mitch Carver had a home run as well. Like the guys, they had a bunch of unsung heroes, and that's something and the Astros Carter, even not. the rookie as yeah, well. Carter, yeah. Again, they have a, had a because Marcus Simeon kind of struggled. Corey Seager uh, got hot maybe late, maybe like that last game. So those big guys weren't really doing what they needed to do, but the team stepped up. I think that's what the Astros were missing. Again, honestly, this game could have been finished in five. That's just could have easily won game two, but because I think that was the closest game because six and seven were blowouts. So game two was the closest game, and the Astros couldn't just capitalize on bases loaded opportunities, other opportunities. But that was just a difference. Like, I don't know. It's just like some things in sports, things are just unex- unexplainable. And the Astros not being able to win home twice now, I really have no words for that. Yeah, um, 
like you said, they could have won it in five. They could have obviously they took three in Arlington, but the games one and two at home, they they lost the first one two to zero, and then the second one five to four. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel you know, like you said, great words do. The Rangers had a game plan. They even said it after the post game that they knew Christian Javier was going to throw that fastball. I mean, and the guys on the other side were on it. Obviously, you saw that Corey Seager home run, Midge Garver as well, and then Adolis Garcia too. You know what they did to prepare for that? I don't know if you heard. They had like those little plastic spongy balls, and they threw them in the machine so they can mimic the rising action of the fastball. That's pretty smart, honestly. That, yeah. that is really smart because, of course, Javier has that visible, but – um, but yeah, that just a lot, a lot, a lot. I can't emphasize a lot as much as I can because they had a bunch of opportunities. The offense, and like you're saying, Angel, too, the unsung heroes for the Rangers, you, Jonah Heim, and all them other guys. The Astros' middle part to the end of the lineup just didn't get it done for the Astros. Uh, Kyle Tucker, of course, is the way he had in this postseason. Jeremy Pena, 22. MVP from the ALCS and the World Series just didn't get it done. So the middle and then Michael Brantley as well, the veteran, the professional hitter, all that and whatever you want to call him, uh, he couldn't get anything going. So, yeah, I mean, if you're an Astros fan, you're very frustrated about it. But at the same time, too, you got to be kind of I mean, we're they're spoiled. You're, you're spoiled about what the Astros have done through the year. Seven straight ALCS is that can't be. Mark, the other team that's only done more than that was the Atlanta Braves, the 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 90s Braves in the 80s. So, you know, like I said, Angel, give credit where it's due. Nathan Uvalde, the Astros had him on the ropes, couldn't get nothing going, couldn't find that big hit. Um, and the same thing with Max Scherzer. They had him too, and Bochi quickly took him out and brought in Jordan Montgomery, which that, you know, you saw – the records of Bruce Bochy and game seven games versus Dusty Baker. On the other hand, with those Bochy had a winning record. Dusty had a losing record, but what can you say? I mean, the Rangers outdid the Astros. They didn't, I mean, they outworked them every phase of it. And Adolis Garcia got hot in them last two games after taking all the boo birds. Like you, you even called it, dude. And you even said that he was going to get a lot of boos. Coming into Minute Maid Park, struck out four times. It didn't matter at the end because he had a grand slam, and then he rose or raised that uh, ALCS MVP trophy at the end of the day. So, Angel, I mean, you want to get us started with the recaps of these Game 6 and Game 7 seat and tell the audience what had gone wrong if they didn't catch the game? Yeah, so I'm sure no one wants to hear about it, but it's part of our job, right? ACS game six days in game seven. So I think the key to both games is that the office actually, the Astros office struggled mightily. Right? Jose had two, it was two for five. Nurin Alvarez, two for three with an RBI. Jose Abreu, two for four. But other than that, zero extra base hits, one for eight in runners in scoring position, and then nine left on base. And sometimes the baseball gods are pretty funny because I feel like the bottom of the lineup were struggling, and those were the guys that had the most RBI uh, situations. Like, I think like Martin Manano had a handful of them, so did Payne in the bottom, and they just couldn't come through. And Robert Valdez, I mean, five decent innings, right? Um, he still has that once, only one start in the posting where he has not allowed an, a run, and this time he did. It was five innings, pitch, five hits, three earned runs, two walks, six strikeouts, 84 pitches, 54 strikes. 
he gave up two home runs that just by you know, a game of inches left the yard and right, which is a Garver with a Soto shot and Jonah Heim with a three thirty six foot two run home run. That actually, again, we uh, I think not just we, but I feel like a, a bunch of the baseball world always makes fun of the Yankee Stadium for having you know a small ballpark. Well, Jonah Heim's home run would have only been a home run in Minute Maid and Yankee Stadium, so. Astros on far too, uh, too much behind. Yeah. And then Adoles Garcia with a grand slam in the last sitting to put the icing on the cake on that one. And, you know, that just gave the Astros no shot on that one. It was a 9 2 game. I think it was like the eighth inning. Again, it would take a miracle to come back from that one. And as you saw, they couldn't. But like you said, prior to that, it was 0 for 4 with four strikeouts to Golden Sombrero. Uh, Sombrero but n- no one remembers those strikeouts when you hit a home run, right? Especially a grand slam. So. Grand slam. <laughs> Yeah, and then, um, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was gonna no, say no, no, real uh, quick with um with Mauricio Dubon, um like you were saying, going back to the Astros offense real quick, he had bases loaded, I believe, and I don't know if you saw that at bat, but it, it just didn't look good. He was just swinging out of his mind, and he didn't put a productive at bat. That was when Jose Leclerc had just threw four straight balls to Kyle Tucker. Oh yeah, when he was chasing those sliders. Yeah, and he chose. I think the first pitch was a rising fastball, and he chased it out of the zone. Um, you know, things like that. That that comes into play right there. Until he throws a strike, I'd say, which Leclerc had struggled. He had struggled after that game five with Jose Altuve. Why not keep making him throw strikes and be productive on that? Who was after Dubon? Do you know? Do you remember? It was going to be um, Jeremy Pena, but John Singleton came up to pitch hit. You see, you don't think maybe in that situation, uh, Dubon knows, all right, the guys behind me have been struggling. I got to do something here. I think that yeah. had, I mean, that had to be in his mind. It had to. But when you swing excessively like he did at every pit, almost at every pitch, dude, it just yeah. didn't look very productive. And with the, with your team down, I believe it was one or two runs. Could have scratched a run right there, but it just didn't happen. Yeah. And then, I mean, like you said, unproductive at-bats in Game 7 was no different. Mm-hmm. Now, again, shout-out to Rangers because just how they were in a big in Game 1 and Game 2, they came out firing. They were aggressive. I, I, don't, like, I don't know what the game, ch- the game plan changed in Arlington, but it didn't change when they came back from Miami Park. Corey Seager started like, – Started the game with a with a home run after Marcus Simeon got out. Carter walked in a sudden brace. That was another factor with Christian Javier and Marci Manato, you know, behind the plate. Mm-hmm. They had a running party out there. They were just doing sprints in the base path. And after, like Javier has a slow wind up. Uh, Marci Manato they have a good track record of of throwing people out, and they took advantage of that. Carter walked in a sudden base. Uh, Garcia hit a tower shot fly by the center field and Bradley couldn't make the play. And then Garcia hits an RBI single. That one, he even, like, he, he thought it was gone, stared at it, you know, and got a single. But he made up for it because he knew who was behind the play, who knew who was on the mountain, still second base. So basically the double was, you know, there. And then Christian yeah. Javier, totally different, totally different. But like you said, they're prepared for, like, uh, they knew they, were gonna, they knew he was going to come with the fastball. The game plan didn't change. And I think when you have consecutive like consecutive, you know, when you're, when you're pitching like consecutive against the same team, I think he has to change a little, 
so big because like they're gonna adjust these are major league hitters but nothing adjusted uh, an inning at third four hits three and runs one walk no strikeouts command was a huge issue and it's been an issue the entire season that's why he had those patterns of four innings pitched or five innings pitched in the playoffs you know it's a short leash um that you can't get the game get away from you right away and breaking balls weren't hitting its spot but yeah i mean christian Javier didn't look good do you have anything else to add on about christian javier or the rangers offense no like you said i mean you, you said it right there rangers were aggressive uh they're stealing on the base pass they stole two bases i think in the first inning so yeah credit to them yeah. they did their homework christian javier just didn't have the stuff this game which honestly in my head when they had announced christian javier and obviously too it is going to be javier that's going to be on game seven on the mount at home that's the thing javier hasn't pitched a postseason game at home in his career so and then after javier i thought they would have went with somebody else which you'll be talking about here in a minute in the bullpen but you know it's baseball just things happen the baseball guys had a different game plan yeah, because the Astros bullpen looked great the entire series and game seven was just like I think the vibe was off or something. I don't know. No, um, like it, like it, like it just wasn't there. Like, bro, and then Brown came in. Yeah, France came in after that. Zero point two innings pitched, five pitch, four earned runs, one walk as well. A break hit two and runs and a strikeout and Rikidi again two he's pitched two hits one and run and a strikeout. So I know we had talked about how the Astros bullpen have been great of limiting hits and and each one that came in and you know just completely different demeanor out there on the mound on the mound. it all because the Astros men in bottom of the order couldn't get anything done in game six and game seven. It's, yeah, I you mean, know, the, the main core, Altuve was two for five with a home run RBI. Okay, I don't know if Angel is still there, but real quick, yeah, uh, the Astros bullpen just ran out of fuel. It just wasn't going. I don't know if everybody heard that first part. Brown, real quick, uh, two innings, one hit, one earned run, scouts. Um, I mean, his stuff was just not there as well. And then follow with J.P. France. J.P. France has had a great year. He's had a great season with the Astros. Uh, just wasn't there. Two-thirds, five hits, four earned runs, one walk, one strikeout. Uh, that was with the heart of their lineup going up. Evan Carter hit that huge Double and then, of course, Adolis Garcia being doing no Adolis Garcia things. So, oh, and here's Angel back with us. Uh, his Wi Fi was lagging just a little. Hey, you still there? Yeah, my bad. What did I log off? I was just like continuing. Uh, I was just going through the whole segment. They realized I logged off and until, you know. So, the know. Astros bullpen, real quick, I was just saying with the Bray because I don't know if everybody heard. Uh, Bray, you one inning, one hit, two earned runs, one strikeout. And then Jose Rikiti, two innings. Two hits, one earned run being that Adolis Garcia solo shot and one strikeout. But I was going to say real quick with Urquidy, I thought the Astros would have piggybacked with him instantly like that in a snap of a finger when uh, Javier was in trouble. Instead of putting, you know, using Mayton for two batters and then yeah. having to use Brown and then France. You know, I, I thought it would have been smart. 
for Baker to go with Rikidi since Rikidi has had been in them moments, I believe, in 2019 when they faced the Yankees. So that, that was just my thought on that. But, yeah, just it was just the bullpen part from there. I don't think everybody heard about the offense. Yeah, okay. So I literally went through the entire vote. <laughs> I went through the entire bullpen, I guess, by myself when I was logging off. And Okay, but we're in the offense. But like we said, the Astros' offense was more the same in Game 6 and Game 7. I think besides the core four, not much was being done in, in that offense. Altuve was two for five with a double, a home run, an RBI. He is now three homers shy of Manny, of tying Manny Ramirez for most home runs in postseason history. Bregman, he got a hold of one, two for four, mm-hmm. one double, one home run, one RBI, and one walk. Alvarez, three for four. One triple. And showing up the wheels. I one told you, run. he has underrated speed. I told yeah. you that. One home run, one RBI, and a walk. And a Brave, two for five, and one RBI. And I want to give credit to a Brave for stepping up big in the postseason because. Yeah, we'll, we'll give him a round of applause yeah. for that. Yeah. Because, and I. Again, like baseball, such a mental game. Just look at Tucker, right? Like Tucker, I feel like look defeated up there sometimes. But baseball, such a mental game, and be and being able to turn the script in the postseason and produce. I mean, I bet that has to be, feel good for him and for the team going forward. You know, so shout out to them. But everybody else, two for fourteen with runners in scoring position, eleven left on base, and on and at that moment, that was a difference maker between this this series because honestly. If the Astros can hit and runners in scoring position, game seven doesn't happen. And there's an opportunity that game six doesn't happen either. Right? Because I think that first game against uh, Montgomery, the Astros had their chances, right? And they just mm-hmm. couldn't produce, right? So I think situation if, if they can have situational hitting, you could see the Astros going to World Series again. But again, it's baseball. Things happen. And it just wasn't on, on course for the Astros. I think, too, they could have done, like, some hit-and-run factors. Uh, you even saw Kyle Tucker even trying to do a bunt, do something, I think, stuff like that. Like, Maldonado, when he comes up to the plate with runner uh, with a runner on first or a runner on second, well, not even runner on second, but runner on first with one out, you, you could do a hit-and-run situational right there, especially with him trying to swing and put the ball in play, which, I mean, there was some times that he did, but majority of the time he he really didn't and then there was a situation in one of the games i think it was in the fourth of game seven fourth inning in game seven or fifth one of those you had runners on first and second with one out and maldonado was still at the plate you know no no offense to maldi but i think you could have had better chances with yiner diaz you know and that's when maldonado popped up to right field and you know, Diaz's last appearance at the play was a single. Maybe that gave him some confidence if he would have gotten his chance to go uh, in that situation. But, you know, things happen. Like you said, they just did not capitalize on the opportunities that they had with runners in scoring position. You're not going to win a bunch of ball games either going, you know, having two for 14 with runners in scoring position. I think the Rangers were six for 10 in game seven. So, yeah. like, it. Yeah, you, you just tip your cap to the other team. Now, I'm not going to say shout-out to the Rangers, but you, you tip your cap to them because they did their homework. They did everything that they could on just to put pressure on the Astros, and, and they just did that in both games. Yeah, and I have some friends that are Rangers fans, and over the Dodgers when I stayed out there, and the academy's already packed too. You know, yeah. it's like the same feeling. But 
Yeah, yeah, they're they're on their quest for their first World Series title in their history. I think this is the third time they're going to the World Series since 2011. So, who do you think, yeah. gonna, who do you think their opponent is going to be? As of right now, Phillies are up two one in the bottom of the fourth with the runners on first and third and two outs, and they are hitting with Brandon Marsh onto the plate. You know, I think a Phillies and Rangers matchup would work really good. Yeah. I think they're more, uh, they're more like on par to each other, right? Like, I feel like they match up well, but mm-hmm. you know, the other fitties always win when there's a recession. So it's just like, yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll like, have to, they, they might face another Texas team. No, no, yeah, but I'm saying it's like, uh, like I don't know what Astros fans prefer having, having the Texas Rangers win the World Series or going through another recession because. Uh, the Phillies won 1980. There was a recession. 2008. There was a recession. So, they could poison. I guess. I don't know. Uh, well, we'll talk about the season in a minute. But I think, I think the the window still open a little. I'd say. I think yeah. it's still there. But, uh, we'll, we'll talk that here in a minute. But I mean, credit where it's due. Rangers just did a great job against the Astros, and they're on their way to the Fall Classic. But. I mean, Dusty Baker, manager of the Houston Astros, World Series champion, and has a long track record as a player, as a coach. We might, he might be done. He might be done. Uh, so Dusty Baker rides away during the press conference. Uh, this is per time of Rome and Britt. Giroli. Dusty Baker has told multiple people that 2023 is his last season as a manager. And I don't know if you saw the interview, but, you know, he was a little, I want to say sentimental, but, you know, he was a little, obviously, like, they had just lost uh, the World Series. I mean, not the World Series, the ALCS, sorry. I'm, I'm, like, I'm like, typing and saying at the same time. <laughs> um, they had just lost the ALCS, you know, um, big moment for his second ring and you know baseball has been big in Dusty Baker since he was a kid all the way to when he's like 80 years old he's been surrounded by baseball so um but yeah we might be seeing the end of Dusty Baker and then this is even pretty athletic Dusty Baker has expressed multiple inside and outside the Astros organization that 2013 would be his final season as a manager right mm-hmm. what do you think about that I think, I mean, the man's been there when the Astros were going through, you know, the the scandal. Crane needed a manager that could handle, have a, Crane needed a manager that can handle that situation. And he's going to have to have the burden on him too, because he is going to each stadium hearing the booze and the negativity and all that stuff. And I thought, when they said Dusty Baker being the manager, I think that was maybe my top three candidates, but it wasn't my number one choice. Looking back at it now, I think this was the best hire that Crane could do. Somebody that's resilient, somebody that has gone through it, not gone through the scandal, but has gone through adversity and things like that. And he's done, you know, Astro fans, social media out there have talked to do about Dusty Baker and what he's done and why this, why that, all that stuff. The man has been 
like you said, he's been through the game of baseball for a long, long, long time. The man invented the high five with Hank Aaron. I mean, his dustyisms, I, I would call it, every time he'd be talking, you know, pregame, postgame, things like that. Um, but his time with Houston, I think it was a good run. It was a magical run. Um, of course, he never had a World Series ring as a coach, and Houston delivered that ring to him. Now he has a ring as a manager and as a player. So, you know, I think Dusty had did a phenomenal job with this group of guys. There were some games and there were some, you know, times that you disagreed, but the way he managed this team through something, you know, very serious in baseball being the 2017 scandal, um, you know, you can't take that away from him. He, he did a phenomenal job carrying this team through those years. So, yeah, that's all I got to say about Dusty. I don't, I don't know if you want to add on what you want to say. Yeah, you can touch on what I was going to say is that, you know, Astros fans could have a long debate of, of Dusty Baker, but at the end of the day, I think he was a phenomenal coach, like you said, for the Astros. And just throughout history, I mean, he was able to coach Barry Bonds. He coached, and then he, he, even by coaching Barry Bonds, he calls out to one of the best players he's ever coached, right? That's like that speaks volume. And honestly, Everybody loves Dusty because he's such a player's coach. Like, he cares about his players. Yeah, you mess with the lineup here and there, right? But look what happened to the Braves. Their manager kept the same guys there, and they got texted out and that's in the first round. But Dusty Baker does a great job of giving these guys days off. Like, again, it's taxing playing baseball. Yeah, like, they like you might be on the outside view and say, oh, they just play a game, right? Like, like they should be able to play every game but such a baseball such a mental sport mm-hmm. right sometimes that day off can be a difference between a slump and a hitting streak or that day off can you know kind of get you your like your mojo back right so i don't know i think he did a phenomenal job that's like mad respect for dusty baker he's going to be in the hall of fame soon oh, yeah. that's, that's no question about it um and yeah i think and i'm gonna say it and i, I truly believe it i think yeah, they actually have had Phil Garner, AJ Hinch, you know, and all these managers. But I think Dusty Baker has been one of the best, if not the best manager that the Houston Astros have had. I agree. I think three, I would not two or three, one or two, because obviously AJ Hinch bringing their first championship ring to Houston, being with the 2015 Astros, being with that group of guys. He was close again, the one in 2019, but you know, Phil, and then obviously Crane, you know, with the situation from there, he decided to part ways with him. And like I said, Phil Garner, too, first appearance in franchise history to go to the World Series. Yes, they did get swept by the White Sox, but hey, he made it there. So, yeah, I, I give you credit. I think Dusty has to be number one or number two on the managerial rankings of the Astros franchise. But real quick, let me let me say his resume. Um, 2020, one win away from the World Series. One went away from reaching the World Series, uh, obviously losing Game 7 against the Tampa Bay Rays. 2021, they lost the World Series to the Braves, 4-2 series. And then, obviously, in 2022, they won the World Series. And then 2023, obviously, one went away from the World Series. So, yeah, I mean, he did a phenomenal job. Look at that. Uh, You had four chances to get there to the World Series, and he got there two times out of the four, but... I think, yeah, it just, you know, things didn't go that route. It just didn't go the way for the Astros. But, uh, I mean, just 
like you said, the guy that he is, he's a player's coach. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure with the JP France situation, the man was supposed to start that game and France understood what, you know, his situation, the family situation on France's side. And I'm, you know, he told him, go, you know, that's, that's important. That's family first, everything like that. Uh, he brings Latin, like the land players. He brings some of the Latino dishes to the clubhouse or he goes, like he said, for game seven, I think he got pistachio uh, muffins and, and, uh, I think blueberry muffins and brought it to the clubhouse. So, you know, a guy that like that, that loves the team, loves the camaraderie that the guys play for him and have one for another. Uh, that, that just shows mad respect for the manager that he is yeah. and the person. But yep. I mean, like you said, Angel, I'm pretty sure one day he will find a plaque in Cooperstown, New York hall of fame things like that. And I'm pretty sure Astros will look back at it and say, yeah, Dusty Baker, even though, like you said, with the lineups and stuff like that, some of the decision-makings he had, he did a great job with this Astros, you know, four years with, or not even four. Yeah. Four years with the Astros. So mad respect to Dusty, but overall, let's talk about this, the, the season angel. I mean, 2023 season. Well, I mean, give me your thoughts first, because of course you've had some highs, you had some lows, you had some great things that happened stuff like that person you know goes from the players to the whole team i mean give me your thoughts what do you say about this astral season yeah i think it was a grinding like a grinder of a season i think this is the hardest the astros had to work with in a while um to win the division like you said like they finished tied with the rangers uh with 90 wins and it was different right it was different just because of the injuries the inconsistencies in the offense right Having Jose Altuve gone for a while, Michael Brandy gone on a year, you know, they had they were really battle tested, and and, I, and that's why I really thought that the Astros could win back to back just because of all the obstacles they had to go through, mm -hmm. uh, you know, adjusting here and there. But you know, I think they just got cold at the wrong time is what happened at home. But yeah, it was a it was a season where things didn't come easy to them, but I'm optimistic that. Because of that, you know, I think sometimes you just need an eye opening, like, hey, like, not everything's going to be coming at us, you know, easy. So I think for next year, I think the Astros are set up good. I think as you were going through the resume of Dusty Baker, I was thinking, you know, this could be like the the 2022 season where the Astros got like demolished by the Braves four to two in the World Series, and everybody was already counting them out. It was like in that like dynasty's over. You know, they can't do it again. And they brought all the back their staff and they won the World Series. And I think this this year could be just a, like just, like, just the like same that. thing. Yeah. yeah. Where I feel like everybody's willing them out now because, you know, like, again, the, the Rangers played well. So they're like, that's the Rangers division or, you know, they got more competition. But I want to talk about it right now. Like, they're bringing a bunch of guys back in. Like how Correa said to the twins, right? And I'm sure this is the message that we land the Ashes. Like, know that, like, remember the feeling of losing this ALCS and carry that to spring training. Because something that, you know, us, you know, covering baseball this short time of season is that, like, what I got out of it is that these guys prepare since day one to, like, like spring training, their goals is winning another World Series. Like, that's, I mean, obviously, that's everybody else. Like, everybody's, like, all three. 30 teams go like goals, but the Astros just like the, like the way they come in mentally, the experience, they know what to do, the coaching staff. I think the Astros will be 
pretty successful next year as well. Yeah, like you said, real quick with the experience. I mean, just think about it. they were down 0-2 to the Rangers, and they had to go to Globe Life Field to keep their season alive. And they, I think the postseason experience matters because look, they went over there and they took three straight games. And then obviously, you know, the whole rest of the story. But my, like you said, grind, I think it's a grinding. I mean, this is one of the hardest seasons, like you said, too, that the Astros have to have played in a while. Uh, 90 wins. They, they've, they're so used to being 99, 100, 104, uh, you know, all these other records, other winning records than just literally at the 90 plateau. And like you said, too, with the injuries, that was the biggest part of this season was how much how many injuries that the Astros had had. You you know, you start the season off with no Jose Altuve. You get to the first third part of your season going into the mid part with Jordan Alvarez being out for a good month, month and a half. And then you lose Lance McCullers in the midseason, I think they had announced that he's going to get surgery and miss the remainder of the season. The beginning of the season, you lose Jose Arquiti, and he didn't pitch a while. You lose Luis Garcia to Tommy John, and then you lose Michael Brantley, and he didn't even get to play until September. So a lot of injuries went throughout this whole season. You brought up new faces uh, like J.P. France. Yiner Diaz got a shot in the regular season. Hunter Brown got his first shot in his first regular season. And they did a great job. Don't, you know, give them credit. Even though Hunter Brown's last regular part of the season was a little down, he pitched a great uh, postseason. It just didn't work out the way that he planned. And then Yiner Diaz, too. Yiner Diaz, 20, 24 home runs, I think, or 22. 20, Single season. 24. Single season record. So how about that? You got a catcher. And Dana Brown had said that he is the Astros catcher of the future. They obviously traded Corey Lee. Okay, yeah, they they got oh 23. Yeah, I mean, pretty close to 24. Shoot. But I mean, they Dana Brown was very true about that. Traded Corey Lee and got Kendall Graveman. They they traded away uh their number one prospect being Drew Gilbert, Ryan Clifford, bringing back Justin Verlander. Very interesting move there, but uh, I, I believe Brown got the whole uh, okay about it from Crane. Yeah, but he pitched great in the postseason. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he he did, and that that was the number one reason why he wanted to come back with the Astros because he knows this window isn't closed and that there's going to be more opportunities to come. But like you said, the Astros just caught cold at the wrong time. Them last two games, if you could have at least won, you know, just win that one important game. You would have gone back to the World Series, and either if you would have faced the Phillies, you would have had to go over there to Philadelphia and play them. And if you played the Diamondbacks, you would have hosted the World Series at home to the Baby D-backs. So, oh, tie game, 2-2. A little update right there. Corbin Carroll just stole his base and with two outs in the fifth inning. So very interested to see who wins that game. Oh, and Ranger Suarez is out as well. Oh, man. That's their big star, not big star pitcher, but you know, big pitcher that they usually they usually count on. But yeah, thoughts on the 23 season, like we, we talked about in the beginning. That the fan base is spoiled. I'm gonna say it like that because seven straight ALCS appearances, four World Series through that time. Is it yeah, four World Series? You yeah. get two rings, 
I mean, you're up there with the best dynasties in baseball. That '90s dynasty with the with the Braves, with the Yankees. I mean, they they've won a bunch of games, but of course, too. Yeah, as a fan, you you just wish they could win more and win that important game to reach you know the ultimate goal being going back to the World Series. But overall, in the regular season. They, they did face adversity the last day of 162. They took the division from the Rangers. And like you said, Angel, next next year, it's it's going to be a dogfight. I think the Mariners are, I believe the Mariners are still going to compete for number one. The Texas Rangers aren't going anywhere. You can even say the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. If Shohei Otani doesn't leave them. But if Otani does leave them, I don't think it's going to be a whole different scenario for them. Yeah, and going on with the Mariners, I think they make some moves this offseason because I don't know if you heard like the frustration from their players, J.P. Crawford, Kyle Wright. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'm sure the management is hearing that. You know, J.P. Crawford is their like, shortstop, right? and, you know, and, and, and like, they're really comfortable with him. They like it. So when your star player speaks out, manager like, the administration side is going to listen. So I think, like you said, they're going to be competitive this year. Yeah, Cal Riley was the main one, though. I oh, mean, that I'm man sorry. spoke. That man spoke to the platform and told everybody. I mean, Craw Crawford did too. I think Crawford and somebody else had backed up uh, what Riley had said. But right. yeah, they're they're going to be there for a while. They they were just they, last year they tasted the postseason. Twenty twenty four, they're they're going to do whatever they can to get back. And obviously, Astros fans already see how the Rangers are piling on. They get they they're gonna have a healthy Jacob Degrom. They're gonna have a healthy Max Scherzer. Uh, not sure what Jordan Montgomery does because he will be a free agent. And then John Gray, of course, Andrew Heaney. So they they're gonna still be fighting for a spot. And of course, you got their farm system with Jack Leiter. So AL West is the division I'd say that I think teams need to be aware of in the American League. Just saying. Because I, I believe John Smoltz had said something about the the Astros don't play in a competitive league. Well, Smoltz, I think you got to you know double check on that because I think the American League has run through the West for quite a while now. Yeah. But speaking of free agents, let's talk about that real quick, Angel, because the Astros will be losing four free agents Five, possibly, which it, it will be five. You're going to be losing Ryan Stanek, Phil Maton, Michael Brantley, Martin Maldonado, and the last one being Hector Neris. He has a 2024 player option, but the way he pitched these last two seasons for the Astro, I think he's going to decline it and test free agency. So my question to you, which guy do you see coming back? Do you see any of them coming back or possibly one to two? You know, the ones for sure for me are Michael Brantley and Martin Manado. I don't think those aren't coming back. Um, I I would be surprised if Michael Brantley either doesn't retire or signs a one-year deal somewhere. But I think as much as the Astros love Martin Manado, as much as this pitching staff loves Martin Manado, I think it's time to move on. I think it's time to give – like, I think it's time to give yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of that cliche when like the move on kind of thing with the X. Can't remember, but but go ahead, proceed, proceed. Yeah, I, I, like you said, I think Yanni Diaz is the catch of the future, and he had one year to learn from Martin Manaro, you know, and he finished the season off good. I know 
I know the playoffs wasn't really his, uh, you know, didn't really do much, but I can't put the blame on him. He's not, he's not having consistent at bats, right? And, and then you put him up in big moments, uh, you know, most of the time he will, like a rookie will fail in, in that situation, right? Um, but I think with consistent at bats, having learned from Martin Manado, again, he was one, not, it was like either one or two outs away from a no hitter. Uh, oh, yeah. regular season, I, think, right? I think it was two outs, yeah, two outs, yeah. So he finished on a great note, you know. I think what you know, and Hunter Brown pitched well with him, JP France pitched well with him, you know. And I think it's just a little comfort for you. I know Primber Valdez might, um, might put in like his Our word for Martin well. yeah. I, oh, both the Rockets will put on his word to bring Martin Manato back, but in my opinion, it's like I think it's time to move on, I think it's time for them to get comfortable with the future, which is. Yanir Diaz and I I mean give credit to Yanir Diaz. I think he can hold his own behind the plate. Like the like the base running game was limited against him because he had that great percentage of that. So I think if he can manage calling games and he showed he can, I think he'll be great. But I think Hector Neris is do a pay, pay a pay race. I don't think he comes back to the Astros. You know, he has, he has a valid argument. He can really tell the Astros, like, wait, I give Montero this. Why can I not? Yeah. You know? And so, I don't know. I don't think Static comes back and maybe Maton. So, I think either Maton comes back and possibly Nares, but I don't see it coming. Uh, like, other than that, I think four guys, like those guys kind of walk. Um, especially the bullpen pieces, except for Maton. And I think it's just because the Astros have a bunch of starters. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I doubt it. I doubt it, but I wouldn't be surprised that JP France has a few, you know, one of those guys in the bullpen, either Rikiti, Brown, or JP France. Again, I doubt it, but I could see it. Yeah, you can. Um, for me, I'd say maybe like, I'm I'm with you on on Phil Mayton. I think maybe they they'll have him come back. Uh, he he did have a great season with the Astros in 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 the Astros uniform. And possibly, I'm I'm like on the edge of Maldonado, but the thing with Maldi, I feel like he has to give up his starting duties to Yiner Diaz. That's the only way I can see Maldonado coming back. Yeah. Only way, because usually the backup role is a guy that doesn't play a bunch of games, and he's like, I mean, basically Jason Castro. You saw how that went. Um, you know who's another one. No, just uh, Jason Castro. Like, right, like when uh, Brian McCann and it was and Gaddis. I mean, they were both catchers, right? So one or one or who am I thinking? Uh, who, who about another one? Uh, I think Maldonado in twenty twenty, Maldonado and Dustin Garneau, another one. Yeah. So I, I feel like Maldi. You know, I know he wants to be a starter. I told you this. I feel like he still has the capability of being a starter in some other teams. But it's with the Astros, bad. yeah. But with the Astros, I feel like you got to give the whole starting duties to Yiner Diaz and just you know let it be. But that's the edge on that part for me with Maldi Neris. Man, this guy has done a, fina- uh, a fascinating job with the Astros. Two years with the Astros, and he's done a great job. He got a World Series uh, ring with them. I just feel like that bond that they have in the bullpen. I mean, you you've seen them walking to and from the bullpen. It's Maldonado, it's Rafael Montero. I'm not Maldonado. Uh, Hector Neris, Rafael Montero, Brian Abreu, 
and uh, I'm pretty sure I'm missing another guy, but them guys are always with each other. And I feel like that's just like losing one of your band members. And it's it's like a, you know, it hurts your heart. So that that's the part with Neris. I feel like the Astros can match that. But at the same time, too, you got to think about Brian Abreu in the future. You got to think yeah. about these expiring contracts coming up with Jose Altuve. Next year will be his last season. As of right now, it'll be his last season with the Astros. Same thing as Alex Bregman. And then the two years from now, in 2026, will be the expired contracts. Well, of their rookie, rookie contracts being uh, Kyle Tucker and Framber Valdez. Which I think Framber Valdez really hurting himself yeah. with the contract extension, and I think the arbitration for for maybe for po honestly possibly both can hurt them and have the Astros win the hearings on on that. So it'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to you know figure out. But free agency, Angel, will be five days after the World Series. So whenever they win the World, whoever wins the World Series. Five days from there, that's when free agency opens up. And, of course, the baseball winter meetings, it's going to be incredible because the number one guy being on target will be Shohei Otani. Hell, yeah. This will be a, a bidding war for him, for sure. It's going to be really good. I mean, every year there's been that one player. Uh, 2020 was Garrett Cole. Last year was Aaron Judge. This year will be most likely, I'm, I feel like, a 95. Nine percent chance it's gonna be showing Otani. Right. But we'll have that in the off season with our episodes. We won't talk about that now. But we will talk about Angel is our two early predictions into the crystal ball. You want to see my fabulous uh, invention I made here? Let's see it. Let's see it. So I, I didn't have a crystal ball, but I do have a crystal case, and we'll, we'll just put a baseball in there. So crystal. You get the little. Ball. Hand motions, the, the you know. Little, the little, I'm cooking it like James Harden. But yeah, the, the which we this is not an NBA podcast. This is a baseball podcast. So yeah, now we'll, we'll spin the ball. How about that? Look at that. That that's nice. That's nice. But Angel, I mean, what? Tell me, dude. I mean, give me one of your early predictions into the fabulous crystal ball. Right. The first one is Kyle Tucker will have a contract extension before opening day. 2024. Ooh. Now, I know what everybody's saying. Playoffs showed up, but this guy had an amazing season, regular season. Mm -hmm. If it wasn't for him, the Astros might not even make it to the postseason. You could see the easily the Rangers and the Mariners making it to the World like, to the playoffs. But when Alvarez was gone, when Artur is gone, Kyle Tucker really put the team on his back, and he was just an overturned call away from a 30-30 season. I know he appealed the triple, running a home run. Mm -hmm. And gave it to him, but he was just a home run shot for a 33 season. And I think he's earned it. I think he deserved it. Yes, I know postseason he didn't come through, but you gotta look what you gotta get his track record. And the way he's been playing, you know, he was almost what top five, top six MVP voting in the regular season. You know, he was having that great of a season. And I'm sure there's gonna be guys, teams ready to pay Kyle Tucker. So why not the Astros, right? Another one. I know they have no, let me I know they have, <laughs> you're in Alvarez in left field, Kyle Tucker in right field, and Chaz and the platoon of Chaz and Jake Myers in center. But I think the Astros had a big name, hard hitting outfielder. Right? Uh, yeah. Okay. Can, can you give me some examples of some players, maybe? I would have to see the list of the 2020 uh, 
uh, free agents. I'm not. I don't have them on top of my head. Okay. Well, uh, when you do that, I'll give him one of mine real quick. So okay. Spin of the ball. Mine. First prediction to the for the two early predictions will be Astros will trade for a big arm. I think. I think okay. yeah, that's why it's a prediction. It's, a, it's opinion. And one of those players will be either Lance McCullers Jr., Luis Garcia, Jose Arquiti, or JP France will be a part of a deal to bring back a, you know, a, a number two, a number one, number two guy in the rotation. Okay. Why? I don't know why, but the Astros have a lot of starting pitching depth. And I mean, you, you can't have a lot of arms. There's nothing wrong with that. You have uh, Justin Verlander, you have Fran Valdez, Christian Javier, Jose Arquiti, Luis Garcia, Hunter Brown, Lance McCullers Jr., J.P. France. That is eight. Eight pitchers, starting pitchers. Can one of them turn into a relief role? Maybe, but I think they just go out there and trade for somebody. Why have all that? Why you can make something bigger, you know, be more impactful for the team. It could even be for a reliever too, but I say a big arm name. Maybe Dylan Cease. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. So, yeah, it's a prediction. Of course, do we think it'll come true? Maybe, maybe not. But uh, that's just the feeling that I have that could possibly come in the, you know, in the offseason. All right. So, for me, that big, you know, he he's a lefty. He had a great season. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Cody Bellinger. I know, like I know the Astros Interesting. and, and him don't have a, like, don't have a, a pretty good history. But I mean, he's 28. He's gonna be 29, and he he, and you saw him go back into form, right? Mm-hmm. So I, you know, and then the shift is gone. So I think that might have helped him because I'm looking over here. I think Jock Peterson could be another one, but he's 31. Michael Conforto coming back from that injury, he's and he's 30. Right, I think Atasco Hernandez, you know, he struck out a lot. Oh, he'll be a free agent? Yeah. Oh, wow. So, I mean, I don't know. So, I think if you're wanting a consistent outfit, I think, honestly, I think Holly Benninger is that, is that guy. I, I think you're missing one name out there. Am I? Who am I missing? Besides Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Oh, okay, yeah. I think that'd be a perfect fit for the Astros, especially after the seasons Gurriel has had in Houston. Mm-hmm. And in the playoffs, too. And in the playoffs, maybe little brother wants to get a little taste of that. Well, uh, well he was supposed to come to Houston. Well, yeah, he he was, I believe yeah. he was signed onto an international free agent contract mm-hmm. or something like that. But he, 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 I think he went, I, he was supposed to come to Houston, but then decided to go to Toronto. Yeah. That's what happened. So, all right, my number two. Since he put the second one, spinning the ball. Dana Brown, Astros general general manager, and the staff that you know with with Dana Brown, they will hire a manager outside of the Astros coaching staff. Okay, so Joyce, see, so not looking at Joyce Spot is. That's an expansion. I do like the fact of him being a Houston manager, but I just don't think Dana Brown would want to have somebody that's been here. I think he might have, you know, it would make sense to have Joe Spada because Spada has been here, I believe, since 2020, I believe. Yeah. 
or even 2019 actually because 2019 uh aj uh aj hancher was here but alex core was gone already yeah so i mean uh, i mean he has a great he has a great connection with the astros players uh I, i wouldn't mind having him back but i just have a feeling that outside it it could possibly be the Astros, not the Astros, the Atlanta Braves bench coach. I've heard stuff about that. Maybe Troy Snitker's, um, not not Troy, Brian Snitker's uh, bench coach could be availability uh, available. There's some other guys out there too that are available. I don't know if you caught with uh, Bob Melvin. He he decided to change uh, cities from San Diego yeah. to San Francisco. That that one was crazy. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of managerial spots open. I believe there's five teams right now. And then plus, you know what Joe Spotted is going to do? You don't know if he's going to go out there and go try get one of those positions. One of my choices, which we're going to have another episode about, you know, breaking down managers. Jeff Bannister. Do you know who Jeff Bannister is? Yeah, I think you were big on him last year, uh, in this past season, too. Yeah. Uh, he was the former manager for the Texas Rangers. And he's doing a pretty good job with Tori uh, Lo- Lovello, Lorvello, something like that, mm-hmm. with the D-backs. I-, I could see him possibly being a good candidate for the Astros. So, yeah, I, I think it could be something like that, Angel. Maybe an outside, uh, you know, for the Astros. I do say this. If that happens, if the Astros do sign someone outside the organization, I think, Joe Spada walks. Well, that's if he doesn't even go and look out for them spots. Because last year, obviously, there was already a manager guaranteed for the Astros. But last year, he went to uh, New York. Last year, he went to San Francisco. And he was top three. He was the top three finalist for those jobs. And he just, you know, wasn't able to get them. That's what I'm saying. I think if he's not the Astros um, manager this season, I think he's elsewhere. Yeah. So, well, we'll have to see. But do you have one more, or do you want me to say my last one? I I got it. I think okay. my last uh, early prediction is Luis Garcia comes back into form and could have a potential close to a Cy Young season. I think. What, wow, potential. What potential. What, 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 honestly, cool. What you've been seeing is these guys are coming back from from uh, Tommy John surgery, and they look good. They. I think back when uh, maybe like Steven Strasburg had it, you know, it, it was questionable. It was like, like you said, you know, it might be good. It might not be so good, right? But now with the technology that there is today, these guys are coming back and firing. And I think Luis Garcia is a young guy. I think that the recovery process could still be pretty fairly quickly for him. So I think he can, uh, I'd be seeing a different Luis Garcia this season. That's a good one. I, didn't, I don't know about the potential of being a Cy Young. That'd be crazy if he does because that just makes the Astros pitching staff more inevitable. But my last one, they sign or trade for a left-handed bat. Obviously, Michael Brantley won't be with the Astros as we both think that that won't happen. So they're going to need a left-handed bat. They still got Kyle Tucker. They do have Jordan Alvarez. But if they're going to get a left-handed bat, they're going to have to sign or trade sign like you said cody bellinger could be a good one michael conforto is like on the verge of a good one but at the same time too you just don't know how he's gonna hit jock peterson the man hits for power you already know how that goes but trading wise look at alex verdugo 
he he um i think he's on his last year of his contract maybe maybe the astros could kind of like sniff on him and see what his situation is over there in boston uh max kepler he still could hit home runs he had 40 home runs in the season with the twins i believe two years ago uh he did deal with the injury this past season maybe he can be with houston Stuff like that, I find that interesting because Brantley will be gone. Maybe they look for a contact hitter and a left-handed guy. So I think that's them two possibilities are signing or trading for a left-handed back can happen. Okay, I can see it. You know, so I guess you just I, like I guess you you see Cody Bellinger and the Astros uniform is what you're saying. Yeah, I, I think everybody's going to be very trying to figure out how to. What's the word? How to kind of um, not control it, but kind of um, mask. I'm not mask, but even get used to. I don't know. I can't put the you know the words not right there in my mouth right now. But yep, that is the it for Crystal Ball, and that is the it for our episode. Continue to follow us at Full Steam Ahead on Twitter, uh, TikTok as well. Follow our new YouTube channel, which it's not you because it's our year already. It's already going to be one year next year uh 35 subscribers i feel like we could do better next year we'll continue to have our videos on here fsa full steam ahead on instagram threads you already know we're still there uh podcast platforms we got spotify we got apple we got google angel you have anything else before we sign off dude yeah i think uh this might be a season of the underdog because the arizona diamondbacks just took the lead three two I just feel like the Phillies have a better shot, but if the Diamondbacks want to prove us wrong, by all means, do it. But off-season plans, I'm I'm thinking we'll probably do maybe more of a one episode a week. I'm I know baseball season. I know for us doing a podcast episode after each series has been tiring. Of course, we we do have our own things, our own matters that we have to you know put into account. But most likely, it'll probably be a once one episode a week when it comes to baseball meetings, meetings, maybe two, but more than likely it'll be one, but Angel, you got anything else before we go? No. Yeah. Just thank you for another great season. Uh, I know the full steam ahead uh, podcast. We thank you for our listeners throughout the year. Um, you know, unfortunately the, the Astro season came to an, an early, so you, you, you won't hear our voices as much. So, but hopefully you missed us. Hopefully you hear us in the off season and, they don't think they thank you for being supporters and we hope to hear to have you listen to us for the next year as well. Yeah, it was a great year. I mean, this was our second one, first one being a World Series champion, and then the second one just one one away from the World Series. So it's been a great ride doing this. This is my second year, Angel. This is his first year. I'm pretty sure I could speak for him. He he loved doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Just not, it wasn't the, the way that everybody had hoped, but at the same time, too, uh, following our content. I mean, we, we try to do as much as we can, write, you know, speak about baseball. That's what we do here. That's what we love to do. Uh, appreciate everybody giving us a rating, giving us a review. We have three new reviews and three new ratings, so we really dearly appreciate it. But until then, we'll let y'all know when we have an episode out. We'll keep y'all informed. Continue looking at us on Twitter. That's the most active part that we're on, but Till then, y'all stay safe. Have a blessed week. And we'll talk to y'all later. Peace.